You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's a Friday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group. It's a five-star review mailbag today, answering questions that people submitted through leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is something I'm going to be doing more of going forward. You can always ask questions on Twitter and via email for these mailbags, but the only way to guarantee that your question is answered is to ask it in a five-star review that you leave on Apple Podcasts. So we have a few to get to. Let's get to the first one from Luther, who writes in, What is a realistic trade package for Bradley Beal, and would the Warriors have the best trade package for him? Uh, so first of all, if Bradley Beal was made available by the Wizards, I don't know an NBA team that wouldn't be trying to get him. That said, the Warriors have accumulated assets that I think probably puts their trade package ahead of maybe any other, any other trade package, save for a few other teams. So if the Warriors wanted to take all of their chips and put them on the table, And what we're talking about, really, is James Wiseman and then this Minnesota pick. Now, some Warriors fans only, they like the idea, maybe just just one of the, you're not getting Bradley Beal for just one of those assets. It would probably, the, the Wizards on that phone call would be asking for both James Wiseman and this Minnesota pick. And I don't really see a way that you can get around it. I don't see a way that you can get around it because of what some of these other teams would be able to put on the table. So, the Warriors trade package. It would basically be Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman, and the Minnesota pick. That would be, that to me is where I think the offer would would end up. They, the Washington could try to get Andrew Wiggins, but, and Wiggins is a better player than Oubre, but Oubre's on an expiring contract. I think, I think the Wizards would be really just trying to get Wiseman and this first round pick, uh, and not wanting to take on the salary that Wiggins would have even though I think he would be a nice fit there. Um, I, I just think that at this point, they would rather just get the salary off the book. So Ubre Wiseman, and the Minnesota pick. That's where that's where Golden State's best offer probably ends up. Now, they could always end up throwing in other first-round picks. They might have to in that kind of situation. Other future first-rounders, maybe an Eric Paschal or a Jordan Poole, some young players like that. But really, what we're talking about, the core of the, the offer would be Ubre Wiseman, and the Minnesota pick. So that's where the Warriors end up. You look around the rest of the league now. How does that type of offer stack up with some other offers? Well, Miami. Miami has been long rumored as a Bradley Beal destination. They don't have the type of picks that the Warriors do, but they do have Tyler Hero. And if you're Washington and and you're presented with two young options, young player options, and one is James Wiseman and one is Tyler Hero, that's not a no-brainer. It's not a no-brainer to go either either with Wiseman or Hero. It really would depend on what kind of team that they want to build and the upside that they think either one of those players has. And so I would probably say Wiseman Hero, and that's a wash between those two right now. And again, it would come down to which one the Wizards just as a team prefer, and we don't know that. And then Miami would throw in some other contracts, Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard, Andre Godot, like whatever it takes, Goran Dragic, whatever it takes to get them to that salary filler. But they don't have the picks. That the Warriors have. So I think the Warriors could beat out whatever Miami can offer. Because, again, the the Wizards, they'll probably ask for Bam Adebayo and stuff like 
Miami's not throwing in Bam Adebayo. They're not going to trade Bam Adebayo. Now, they could trade Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And Kendrick Nunn. If they just take all of the young players and throw those at the Wizards, the Wizards would have to at least have that conversation. But I still think if the Warriors put Wiseman and this top three pick coming over from Minnesota on the table, that beats out what Miami could do. Then you look at Boston. I mean, they really don't have... They're not... They're Washington would ask for Jalen Brown. Boston would not move Jalen Brown. They would end up saying, you know what? Marcus Smart and picks. And I think Washington would pass. You look at San Antonio. They could put an interesting trade package together. DeJounte Murray, Devin Vassell, and like three unprotected future first-round picks. I, they could put something like that on the table. And Washington would have to consider it. DeJounte Murray looks really good. And he looks like he's going to be a stud point guard. I don't know that he'll ever be a top 20 player, but he looks like he could be a really good point guard for you. Devin Vassell, the Spurs really like what what they're getting from him as a rookie. I think there's a lot of potential there, a lot of untapped potential, uh, underrated potential, um, as I talked about leading up to the draft. That would have to be something. And I think San Antonio, they, they have all their picks. Uh, they could just trade as many as it takes to get Beal. That's an, that, to me, is an interesting offer. And I think on its face, it doesn't sound all that interesting. But like I said, you get two solid young players in DeJounte Murray and Devin Vassell, plus these picks. And if they make them unprotected, I think the Wizards would have to consider it. But then again, none of those picks are projected to be what this Minnesota pick might be. And Murray and Vassell probably don't have the upside that Wiseman does. So I still think the Warriors could beat out. That kind of a package from Santo. Toronto can get in. OG and Nunna be in some picks. I don't think that gets it done. The other, the two teams that I would be worried about if I were the Warriors and I really, really wanted to get Bradley Beal. The only two teams I would be specifically worried about is Denver and Philadelphia. Denver has Michael Porter Jr., who has a ton of trade value around the league. They could throw in picks. If they really wanted to go all in, they could. They could even put Jamal Murray into that package, and I think. They would have to consider it if that were if, if first of all if Denver put Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on the table game over Denver's getting Bradley Beal game over that's a better package than Wiseman in this Minnesota pick it's not even close uh, I don't think that the Nuggets would want to do that I think the Nuggets would draw the line at one of those two players plus a bunch of picks Drew Holiday style Paul George style a bunch of future picks some pick swaps and and, and a package centered around Michael Porter Jr. that is. That's a good uh, – that would be really tough if you're the Wizards deciding between that package and the Warriors package. And, and I don't really know what – I don't have a feel for which direction that they would go. Uh, Philadelphia could always just put Ben Simmons on the table, and if they do that, it's over. They're getting Bradley Beal. Now, I don't know if they would go that direction, but if Daryl Morey decides that he wants to split up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and Bradley Beal would be a really good fit with Joel Embiid, and if you're if – you're, Washington, obviously, you're getting your next franchise player in Ben Simmons, who could arguably be better than Bradley Beal. I don't, I don't, I think that's a, I don't know which player is better. I think most people would say Bradley Beal at this point, but the way that Ben Simmons is is defending this year, and you put him in a t- on a team with space that doesn't have a guy like Joel Embiid clogging the lane, I don't know which one of those players is better. And so if you're if you're Washington and you can get Ben Simmons, a potential upgrade over Bradley Beal, then that that it's game over. And the only reason I think if you're Philadelphia that you do that trade is because of the fit. Bradley Beal is just such a much, uh, he's a better fit with Embiid than Ben Simmons is. So um, 
I think if Washington were to make Bradley Beal available, Denver would be really interested considering that they seem to be at a little bit of a crossroads. Um, the Warriors, I believe, would be interested. They would at least have to have that conversation internally and with Washington. And then Philadelphia, depending on what they wanted to do with their star duo, uh, could end up just trumping all of those offers. It's and and by the way, even they could they could try to keep Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and just trade Tobias Harris and picks and whatever what else, whatever else that they have. But ultimately, I think Washington would have would would demand Ben Simmons because if not for that, I don't think Philadelphia can compete with Golden State or Denver's offer. Um, last question from Luther, who asked a two parter. Do you foresee Steph spending his whole career here in Golden State? I do. He is up uh, for an extension again next season. I, I think he will sign that extension going into next season. And uh, and I, I, I see Steph just finishing his career um, in Golden State. Coming up, do the Warriors have a spacing problem? And if they do, what can they do about it? But first, let's talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Uh, let's get to our next five-star review question. This one comes from Vinram, who writes in, My take is that every single time Draymond is on the floor, we're playing four versus five against the opposing team. This seems to be putting so much pressure on Steph because he's getting hoarded every possession. I'm beginning to think that we can't have both him and Wiggins next season because I just don't think Wiggins is aggressive enough to overcome the lack of offense with Draymond. He doesn't add the firepower that we need to compete with the Nets or the L.A. teams. Don't you think that one of those two needs to be traded? Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, Pascal Siakam, and Paul George potentially are options that I'm looking at. The question of offensive firepower is a really good one. You look at what Brooklyn is doing right now. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. They look unbelievable. Now, if you're a team against the Nets that has quality defenders that can just make things a little bit more difficult for those three stars in Brooklyn, then I think you're going to force the Nets to have to defend at a higher level than what they have to do. Right now, they don't have to play a lick of defense. They're getting 80 points a night from Durant, Irving, and Harden when those guys are playing together. That that offense is unstoppable. You're getting guys like Joe Harris and Bruce. Like These guys, the role players are thriving. DeAndre Jordan is giving them good minutes at center. Uh, Jeff Green has played really well for them. I, I that offense is just unstoppable. But if you have three defenders, if you have guys that you could put on those three guys and just make it a little bit more difficult for them, you're going to force them to defend for stretches. And I'm not sure they can do it. I'm not sure they could do it. So the Warriors, for example, next year, Clay Thompson's back. You're going to have Clay Thompson. You're going to have Andrew Wiggins. I think Kelly Oubre is probably gone. 
uh, and you have Draymond Green. That's three. Those are three defenders that you could put on those three guys. Again, you're not going to stop them, but you can make it difficult for them. You can make it difficult for them. Uh, I don't know that they have the firepower offensively, though, to keep up with them, even when they can make it difficult, a little difficult. Um, Andrew Wiggins does seem to be settling into a role really nicely, but I don't know that he's ever going to get to 23, 24 points per game. That's what it would take for him to be an all-star type of player. Uh, That's what I think it would take for him to really help lift the offense. But it looks like he's going to be a 17, 18 point per game player and play really good defense. That seems to be the role that he's going to find. Now, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson on the floor, you're going to have a ton of spacing. It's going to make things so much easier for everybody else on the court. But it's still not going to come. We have never seen something like we've seen in Brooklyn. Because even when the Warriors had Kevin Durant, they didn't have the level of ball handling that this Brooklyn team has. right? You had Steph and you had Durant. And you have Klay Thompson, who is an incredible floor spacer, obviously, but he's not a ball handler. He's not a playmaker by any stretch. So the playmaking, that level of playmaking plus shooting that the Nets have, we've never seen that combination before. We have never seen anything close to it. It's going to be so difficult to defend, and it's going to be really difficult to compete with. So if you're a team that's that's wondering if you have what it takes to compete with, that, with, with Brooklyn, I don't know that you can... You can't try you can't try to mirror what it is that they have on offense. You can only try to compete with it, something close to it, and then defend them at some sort of level that evens the playing field. I think the Lakers could do it with LeBron James and Anthony Davis because they have so much size. I think that's just a specific advantage that they could exploit. I think the Clippers with what they could do the my concern with if I were a Clippers fan would be, hey, our two best scorers are also the two guys that we're going to need to defend Brooklyn's best scorers. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, no doubt, awesome two-way players. But are you going to be asking them to just do too much? That would be my concern if I were a Clippers fan, having to go against that Brooklyn team. Uh, if I'm the Warriors, it, lo- it depends on what Klay Thompson looks like when he comes back. But you're going to have so much floor spacing with him and Steph on the floor. Um, I, I do think that they're going to need more from Draymond Green in those postseason moments that they're getting, or potentially Andrew Wiggins, um, to the point of this question. I, I just think that if you were to give up a guy like Draymond or Andrew Wiggins for somebody like Zach Levine, you're just going to be giving up too much on defense, and it's just not going to be enough, as good as Zach Levine is. Granted, he's an all-star. But it's just, he's not James Harden. He's not Kyrie Irving, right? It's just, you're not good enough there offensively. Uh, Paul George, I don't see getting traded. Pascal Siakam, Toronto would not trade Pascal Siakam for Wiggins or Green. Ditto for Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe you can move this Minnesota pick. Uh, I just, I think if I were the Warriors, I would just, you can't really concern yourself with too much of what Brooklyn is doing. But I think you would just, I think you need to double down on defense. And get as much as you can out of the offense. See what it looks like when Clay Thompson comes back. To go back to the first segment there, if you can get Bradley Beal, that changes everything, I think. If you can get Bradley Beal, that changes everything. Because now you're really talking about what could be an elite offense. Again. And defensively, they would still have more than what Brooklyn has. And I think you would have something that's competitive. I think you would have something that's competitive then. But anything short of Bradley Beal, 
I think you just need to double down on what you have with length and athleticism and just and just hope that Klay Thompson comes back 90% of what he was before the injury. Coming up, should the Warriors pursue a reunion with the player that they traded away last season? That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors. Today on Locked On NBA, join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Mares of Locked On Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you can't miss. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. Let's get to our next mailbag question. This one comes from Timothy, who writes in, Hi, Wes. I'm sure that you saw the Kings released Glenn Robinson III. He was 40% from three on 170 attempts in Golden State. He knows the system and seemed to be a willing and passable defender. Any chance the Warriors bring him back? So Glenn Robinson waived before his contract was guaranteed in Sacramento, but has been away from the team dealing with what has been reported as personal matters. Now, I don't know the nature of these matters, but it is troubling that a player who uh, was on a non-guaranteed contract in the days before the deadline of him getting waived uh, had to step step away from the team. Something in his life is so serious that he had to step away from the team um, and now does not have a job. So whatever that is, will have to get cleared up before he signs with any team. With any team. So that said... Uh, I still don't think that the Warriors should go in that direction. I just don't know how much playing time Glenn Robinson would get on this team. You already have, obviously, Wiggins and Oubre, but then you have Kent Bazemore and Damian Lee. You would want to find minutes at some point for Michael Mulder. I just don't know that wing right now is where they need to spend their resources. I think that they want to obviously bring Juan Scano Anderson up from their two-way contract to the 15-man roster. Maybe that they Maybe they can use another big man so that you're prepared in case Wiseman or Looney get hurt again. Uh, but with Glenn Robinson, I just don't know that right now is the best fit. And by the way, if he does sort through these problems that he's dealing with in his own life and does uh, end up back in the league this season, I think he'll want to do it somewhere where he's going to get playing time. Not not with the Warriors. As, as, not, as much as they liked him in Golden State, and they did like him a lot in Golden State, it was tough for them to trade him away they, uh, last season. But he's going to want to find somewhere where he's going to play consistently so that he can go out and earn his next contract because he's rightfully looking to do that. Jake writes in, Why do Warriors fans put more stock into our players' three games of production in the G League rather than dozens and dozens of games in the NBA? Example, Jordan Poole and Alan Smiley each tearing it up in the Orlando bubble. Now people want Poole to be getting high rotation minutes while ignoring what he did with those minutes prior to being sent down. Can you address this? It's a process. He's doing what he needs to be doing down there, he's finding rhythm and gaining his confidence back, but I'm de- I'm not ready just yet to hand him the keys as the backup one, two, or three. This is a fair assessment from Jake. Um, what players can do, the G League competition is so much worse than it is in the NBA. And so a player like Jordan Poole can go out and score 30 points. But Jordan Poole is also getting those opportunities in the G League. Right? I mean, he is not going to get the ball in his hands like that in Golden State. Right, that's Steph Curry, that's Andrew Wiggins, that's Kelly Oubre, that's Draymond Green. Those guys are being asked to do more, and for the right reasons, they are much better players than Jordan Poole is. So you don't want, so you don't want to put too much stock into that kind of production. You want to look at the efficiency, right? You want to look at the efficiency. You want to look at the playmaking. Jordan Poole's been good, highest playing, highest score in the in the G League bubble, but the efficiency numbers aren't awesome. 
the the assist to turnover ratio is troubling. He's got more turnovers than assists, last I checked. And so you want him to be able to just perform in spot minutes. You want him to be able to execute when the ball swings to him and and make shots when the ball comes to him and make the right decision when he's asked to do that. He's not going to have that kind of opportunity. Now, I think that there is an argument to be made that he could be your backup point guard. I think that the Warriors should at least try it because they're just really not getting a ton from Brad Wanamaker right now. So right now, so I, any you have these options. Jordan Poole is on the roster. Nico Mannion is on a two-way contract, and he had a great game last night um, for the Warriors. Uh, and so these guys who are options to take Brad Wanamaker's minutes, I think you should at least experiment with it. I think you should at least try it. But it's not a guarantee that they're going to do enough to earn those minutes. And I think Jake is right. Look at what they did. Look at what they did when they were playing in NBA games. Now, Jordan Poole came back from his G League stint last season and played much better at the NBA level down the stretch of last year. There's there's something to be said of a player going to the G League, gaining some confidence, finding a flow, finding a rhythm, gaining some momentum, and then bringing that back with him to the NBA level. There, that is, that, there's something to be said for that. And that's why if you're the Warriors, when you bring them back, you should at least tinker with those lineups, try them in those positions, and see what they look like. See what they look like. And at that point, at that point, maybe you make a decision and you say, you know what, Jordan Poole, he is a better option for us right now than Brad Wanamaker. He is giving us a little bit more production. He is giving us a little bit more shot making right now. Or maybe Nico Mannion giving us a little bit more playmaking consistently than Brad Wanamaker is right now. But you got to at least try it. But it's not fair to assume it. And let's not make too much out of what we're seeing in the G League. All you could do is conclude, hey, these guys are playing well. They've got some momentum. They're finding a rhythm playing-wise. Let's see what it looks like now at the NBA level as opposed to before. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a great weekend.